1 Samuel chapter 30. We'll start here in verse 1. Verse 1, it says, And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken the women captives that they were therein, or that were uh, therein. They slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. You say, preacher, why in the world are we reading such a depressing, awful account in Scripture this morning? And no doubt that's, it is just a horrible tragedy that happened uh, to David and his men as they would return back to their camp and uh, they found it completely burned and completely raided and they, they come back to, uh, you know, they were expecting to come home. They were expecting to come back to their families and be with their wives and to see their children and, you know, they were expecting to have this great, uh, you know, reunion, you know, and, and you could just imagine uh, they they being out uh, away and they were at battle and uh, doing what they uh, knew to do. They were following their king and they come back and everything was gone and their families were taken and you could just imagine what a great uh, awful feeling that was uh, on these people. And what, what I want us to see is that the enemy attacked while they were gone, while they were unaware of anything that was happening back at, uh, at the camp. Uh, they come back and, and everything was destroyed and everything was taken. And, and I want to use this this morning to, to place a simple thought on our heart, uh, just a simple message on our heart. I know we could do a lot more with this passage of Scripture, but God put this on my heart. Uh, you know, often we feel so helpless when we are attacked, don't we? Uh, often as Christians who are uh, living in this world, uh, and, and we are battling with the things of this world. We're wrestling against the things of this world. Uh, we feel defenseless so often when we get attacked. We get ambushed. We get uh, we get our, our things destroyed that we love so dearly. And we say, Lord, I feel so helpless. I feel uh, absolutely defenseless. But you know, many times we cause our own destruction. I want you to think about that this morning. Many times we cause our own tragedies. You say, how so? David and his men were off to war. And they were unable to be back with their families. They were unable to defend uh, that place where they had camped. They were unable to defend what they loved. Why? Because they were absent. I want to ask you this question. How many do we see today whose families crumble because of an absent father, because of an absent husband, because of an absent mother, because of even an absence of just the one that is supposed to step up and lead the home? And I want us to put that in perspective this morning. I'll ask you another question. How many churches do we see today that are falling in because of members that are absent. 
because of, pe- uh, of people who, who decide to be away uh, for whatever the cause may be, and they come back to find a burnt city, a taken people, the things that they love taken away. Y'all don't get quiet on me this morning. We, I want to get into this a little bit and, 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 have, and show us that there is hope. But listen, our churches today, we, we need members to show up. We, we need our, our church members to, to take responsibility. Uh, in our homes today, uh, we need the men to step up. We need the mamas to step up. It just ain't on daddy. Look, I know there's a lot riding on daddy. There's a lot riding on the men. But it don't just take the men this morning. We need mamas to be at home to teach the children. So often we think, you know, woe is me whenever we get attacked. And oh, poor pitiful me whenever we get attacked by the devil. But uh, And our family gets attacked by the devil. Our church gets attacked. And, you know, I, I remember a day whenever our church was thriving and, and, and just... Uh, you know, over just it's overwhelmingly uh, blessed. I remember a time whenever there was uh, just a house full, but now uh, you see that it's just divided, and I feel sorry. And you know, I, I, woe is me. I, my church is falling in. My family is falling in. I want to ask you this: Why are so many shocked when 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 people when they check out of relationships, church, whatever it is? And they come back to find it burned to the ground. Say, preacher, that's rough. I'm I'm serious. I want us to think about that. And and I'm not just sitting here trying to tear everybody down. I just I want us to get to thinking this morning because the fact of the matter is it's happening. And and, and it's happening closer and closer to home. It's happening more and more uh, closer around us. You, You see people that just check out of their families, people that check out of their marriages you say well preacher she don't love me anymore well where have you been have you tried to to make anything happen have you put forth the effort have you put in the time you say preacher my my kids are rebelling against me have you been absent where have you been and i'm not just saying that i see a bunch of people uh you know that are absent because I, there's things that, that I can't see. You could be there, but not be there. You could be a, a daddy or a mama at home and not really be there for your youngins. You could be a, a husband or a wife and, and say, yeah, we're still married and we're still uh, living together, but you can physically, or not physically, you could physically be there, but you can emotionally and mentally be checked out. You, you can be checked out spiritually from the church. I'm not just talking about uh, you warming the bench or warming the pew. You filling a place in the church on uh, on time to come to service. I'm talking about you can be there uh, physically, but you're 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 spiritually not there. Amen. How many of God's people have spiritually checked out? You you don't see any conviction anymore. You don't see any zeal anymore. We talked about in the Sunday school lesson how. Uh, we ought to be ready to, re- to receive instruction from the Lord. And when uh, we receive that instruction, we should have already had our minds made up that we're going to take that instruction, we're going to run with it, we're going to do as God has asked us to do. Where is that at this morning? 
We need to see some conviction in the church and in the home and in marriages. There ought to be some conviction. You know, it's so important to be where you're supposed to be. Men, you, you must be there for your families. Husbands, daddies this morning, you must be there, not just physically, but spiritually. It's a duty of yours to lead the home and what God says. Y'all might not like what I'm going to say, and, and I'm, I'm not up here to just try to tear everybody down. Look, I'm trying to just read the Word of God, and, and, and I want us to get a blessing out of this, believe it or not. But listen, it should not be the woman's job to have to pull herself up by her bootstraps and make some spiritual calls in the home. I'm not saying a woman ain't capable. I'm not trying to stand up here and... and, and, and uh, you know, just put down on women, but it shouldn't have to be a woman's responsibility to say, hey, I'm going to make some spiritual decisions in my home. It shouldn't be the woman's job, uh, the woman's place to have to make a, a, a spiritual decision based on what God has said in His Word uh, for their home. That falls upon the man first. Ephesians chapter 5, it tells the wives to submit yourselves unto your own husband's as unto the Lord. Why does it say as unto the Lord? You know why that verse says as unto the Lord? It don't just say submit yourselves unto your own husbands, period. It says as unto the Lord, period. Why? Well, because the Lord is supposed to be leading the husband. And then the husband be leading the wife. But you see today, so many husbands that have checked out. So many men that have checked out. And so the woman is left to struggle and fight and survive on her own trying to make a godly decision, trying to save her, her marriage, trying to save her, her children. And, and you see that more and more. It shouldn't be that way. The man is supposed to look to God. The woman's supposed to look to the man. Or look to God by looking at the man. And then you, you, you see, you know, uh, men that go around, my wife don't listen to me. My wife thinks she runs the show. She thinks she wears the britches. Well, maybe it's because you hadn't made a spiritual decision in the past ten years. And she's tired of seeing you fail. It's not on the woman to say, I think we need to go to church today. It's not on the woman to say, I think we need to hold back this money. It's not on the woman to say, I, I think we ought to teach our kids this and we're going to establish this in our, in, in our kids' lives. It's the man's job to do that by what he sees in God's Word and by what God tells him. And it's the woman's job to say, okay, and enforce it while the man is gone. And trust him with it. So, men, why are we surprised whenever we find our home in a disaster? Whenever we say, I, you know, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna put my foot down today. I think I'm gonna make a decision today. I, I about had enough of, of hearing, uh, you know, other, hearing it go the other way. I'm gonna put my foot down today. I'm gonna make a decision today, and, and then you just find a, a horrible response from uh, your family, or just a, a completely uh, just crazy response from your wife that you say, how dare, how dare you talk to me that way? Why, why are you so angry with me? Why do you fight me on everything? Well, maybe because you've checked out for a while. 
Why are we so surprised whenever we checked out for a while and we come back to see destruction? Our cities burnt. Our families taken captive by the enemy. That shouldn't be a shock to us. It's so important to be there for your family. As a father, look, I'm not just going to pound on you men today. Believe it or not, I, look. But the Bible says, raise up a child in the way she goes. When he's old, he won't depart from it. But then you see so many that check out and are absent in the upbringing of their child and then they want to get mad and, and act like they know better. No, they don't. What child would know better whenever they ain't never seen better? As a husband, are you absent as a husband? A provider, are you absent? Women, Today, the Bible says you're the keeper of the home. But then we see so many kids in rebellion. So many children who all they do is maybe bounce off the walls and they don't know how to act. Why do we see that? Well, women, do you teach your kids at home? Do you enforce the, the Word of God? The instruction, the commandments? That we've been taught. Rebellion's gonna happen when mama checks out. Destruction's gonna happen when mama checks out. What do you expect to happen to the kids? I heard a preacher say one time, and this kind of breaks my heart because I, I feel much the same way. I want to tell you, parents, this uh, this morning. You can't bring your kids to church and throw them in church and expect the pastor to stand up here and set them straight whenever they see a completely different life at home. That breaks my heart to say that, but it's true. I heard a preacher say that, and I just got to thinking about it. You, you, you can't show a kid something six days out of the week and then just throw them in church on Sunday morning and expect that to be enough for them to know what to do right. They need to see some God-fearing at home. They need to see some Bible reading at home. They need to see you taking time to pray for them at home. I, look, I'm going to do whatever I can uh, for, for all of you at this church house, but my, my number one job is to stand up here, open this Word, and read it to you and preach it to you. But I'm only one man. I'm only one man. I'm nothing special. I don't have apostolic gifts. I don't have uh, you know healing abilities. I, I don't have any kind of special you know hypnotic teaching abilities. Wherever I tell you to do something, you just automatically go and do it because I said so. I don't. I, I'm not anything special. I'm only one man. I can tell you what the Bible says, and I can preach it to you till I'm blue in the face. But if you ain't applying it at home. I can't do anything for you. Don't risk coming back to a burnt city. To a burnt home. Your family taken away by the enemy. 
parents, you got to show up. Mama, daddy, you got to show up. Wives, husbands, you got to be there. Grandma, grandpa, you got to be there. How about as a church? Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, look at verse 24. It says, And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Listen, I can stand up here and provoke you all I want to. I can stand up here and, and, and I try to consider one, each one of y'all. And I try to stand up here and love y'all and, and motivate y'all to do the right thing. But look at verse 25. The church has to do her part too. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. It says, we we need to show up, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. That means show up to church. Show up in your family. Show up for the Lord. Show up as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. What do you see today? You don't see people showing up so much the more as the days go on. You see them showing up less and less. And then we turn around and wonder why everything is in destruction. Men and women this morning, I want y'all to listen to me. Each one of you here, you're responsible as a member. You say, well, Wednesday night, you know, the Bible doesn't say keep remember Wednesday night to keep it holy. The Bible doesn't say remember, you know, whatever service, Sunday school, singing school, revival, it doesn't say we have to come to revival. That's not the Bible. It is too. We just read it. When the church sets aside a time to be here and to meet and to worship God, if you're a member of 21st Street Missionary Baptist Church, it's your job to be here. It's your job. It's your duty. Why are we absent from the service of God? What excuse do we have? I'll, 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 let me ask you this question. I want to try to put it in perspective. What you, you might say, preacher, I got an excuse. I got an excuse why I don't come on this day, or I don't come. I, I don't show up for my family for this reason. I don't show up for my wife for this reason. I got an excuse. Let me tell you. Let me tell it to you. Listen, I don't want to hear it. I want to ask you this: Are you willing to give that excuse to God? Is that an excuse you want to take into the judgment day? Is that an excuse that you want to use whenever God says, Hey, why were you not there for your family? Hey, why did you walk out on your marriage? Hey, why did you not come to church on this day? And why did you fall out of attendance and become less faithful? And you say, Lord, here's why. 
You really want to do that? There's not an excuse in the world that I'm, I'm willing to give God. You say, well, preacher, uh, Brother Travis is over there and he's not able to come. Sister Dolly, she's over there, she's not able to come. Sister Charlotte, she's in the nursing home, she's not able to come. I know that. I, I understand somebody physically not being able to get up and walk over to church. I don't think God sees that as something to judge. Look, that's understandable. God's not unreasonable. But you know what the Bible does say? In either 1st or 2nd Timothy, I believe it's 1st Timothy chapter 5, if I'm not wrong. The Bible lets us know. Uh, Paul tells Timothy, he's telling him all these things, and he says that, uh, you know, the men of the church, the elders of the church, you know what their job is? To go take care of those that can't come because they have a reasonable, uh, a, a legitimate reason they can't come. There's those that if they could physically walk, they'd be here. And, and we'd love to see them. If anything, we ought to honor the fact that they can't make it to church and we ought to come to church because we can. If anything. If anything, you ought to, to, to remember the fact that your daddy wasn't there for you when you was a kid and you ought to say, you know what, I'm going to give my kids better. If anything, you ought to say, you know what, my mom and daddy split up whenever I was four or five years old and I lived going house to house and having two Christmases and you know, I never found a, a real ounce of love in my life as a child. And if anything, I'm going to give my kids better because I don't want them to experience what I went through. We shouldn't be making it worse. If anything, if anything, we ought to say, hey, you know, that was pretty rough. That's pretty rough on that fellow over there. That's pretty rough on that member over there. She can't come to church. You know, I, I think I'm going to at least go, go to church because I'm physically able to. Even if we don't have the desire, we should at least see that it's our duty and we have the ability to be where we ought to be. Why are we absent from the places that we need to be? You know our adversary, the devil, is compared to a roaring lion. I don't think that's anything new to y'all if y'all heard me preach long enough. I I mention that quite often. I want y'all to think about that for just a minute as we come to a close. Our adversary is compared to a roaring lion. Why would a lion be roaring? Usually he's either just killed something or he's hungry and he's wanting to kill something. So guess what? We're facing a a lion who's hungry and who's always killing folk spiritually. That's what we're up against. You know how lions hunt? Y'all y'all listen to me just a second. I'm, I'm going to give y'all some... Uh, some history channel lesson here for just a second or whatever Nat Geo or science lesson. You know how lions hunt? They stalk. 
they get they crouch down low in the grass and they move very slowly. You can watch it. I know some of y'all got some cats. It seems like there's about 40 cats on this road. So if you ain't got a cat, there's uh, an adoption agency outside. But if y'all ever watched a cat, a hungry cat, I, we got a cat at our house. She's not hungry, I promise you. But if you watch a hungry cat, you ever seen how they try to pounce on something? They get down real low and they move real slow. That's how lions hunt. Being in the same family, a cat, they hunt by stalking. And they wait until the prey has their guard down, don't they? They sit there and they wait and they wait. Once the prey has checked out a reality, they kind of, you know, go off into la-la land. That that prey's just sitting there, man, this, this grass is good. This, this is tastier than it was yesterday. I found me a good patch right here. They kind of just not really paying attention anymore. You know, a lot of us are like that prey. We've checked out a reality. We want to live the way we want to live. Whenever in reality we have duties, and we checked out of it. A lot of people are standing around in la-la land. Like that prey, that, that prey, once we're in la-la land, what happens to that prey? Once they got their guard down, that lion is going to jump on that animal. And there is no turning back at that point. There's no escape. There's no... You ain't going to outrun that, that, that thing. You, you ain't going to get up from that. Once you've got a, I don't know, 600-pound lion, however much they weigh, 500-pound lion jump on top of you, them big old claws like nails. What are you going to do? That lion jumps on the animal and crushes its neck and drags the bloody carcass back to its pride and they feast. This is going to sound brutal. But don't check out and go off into la-la land. As a daddy as a father, a, a, a husband, a mama, a church member, a Christian. Because if you check out one day, you will come back to a family, a church, a marriage, whose throats have been cut. So that sounds rough. It is rough. You, If you are absent whenever... You ought to be where you're supposed to be. Whenever you know you're supposed to be at a certain place, whenever you know you're supposed to be for your family, be there for your family, you're supposed to be there for your church, for your marriage, for your kids, for whatever, and and you're not. That's what's going to happen. If you keep turning in absence, you're going to come up one day, you're going to see destruction, you're going to see everything you love burnt to the ground, you're going to see your family and your loved ones drug off. Don't keep turning up absent this morning. Men, show up. Women, show up. Mamas, daddies, be there. Church, show up. If 
you're a member of this church, I trust that you have been born again. You're born again Christians. That's what it takes to be baptized, be a member of a church somewhere. You've got to be born again. I want to put this into perspective. and I, Look, I, believe it or not, I want to encourage you this morning with this. I, I want to take away all the fluffy, uh, mushy, fuzzy, happy cover off of everything and show you the ugly behind things. I want to encourage you by showing you how ugly it can be and how important it is. But listen... If you're a member of this church, I trust that you are a born-again, saved child of God this morning. Don't you want to be doing your job so that others can be born-again, saved children of God? Don't you want to... You say, preacher, I pray for the lost. Yeah, but whenever the lost come to church and you ain't there, they don't know if you care about them or not. If you're not showing up where you ought to be, that just shows you don't care. Say, preacher, I've got this excuse. Are you willing to take that to the Lord? Preacher, I've got this that come up. Are you willing to tell that to God? You can tell me all you want to. I'm not the one that's judging you. I'm not the one that said the things that are in this book. I'm just reading them to you. You don't have to deal with me. Are you willing to take your reason to the Lord? Are you going to keep showing up absent, or, or not showing up, but being absent? Are you going to keep walking out on the things that are important? Are you going to keep uh, showing up absent for those that need you? If that's been you this morning, you need to repent. You need to get right with God. Amen. You say, preacher, it's, it's too far gone now. Nobody wants me around. Nobody trusts me to be around. You know, I, I've stabbed them in the back so many times. I, I've, I, I've, I've walked out of church so many times before. Nobody wants me around. Nobody's going to forgive you. If all you ever get is God's forgiveness... That's something you need. I mean, if that's all you ever get, that's enough to repent. If all you ever get is God saying, Child, I forgive you, and Him giving you a second chance, it don't matter if your wife, if your children, if your whole family and your whole church never forgives you again. The fact that you got right with God is enough to say, You know what? I need to turn around. I need to repent right now. Repent today. But I'll tell you this. From experience, God's church is ready to take in some long lost uh, members, friends, loved ones that have been absent for a long time. We're hungry to accept some folks. We're, we're hungry to see some people brought to the Lord once again. There'd be nothing make us happier this morning than to see someone get closer to God again. We're not here to judge you. I'm not here to judge you. Get right with God. Do what He says. 
Show up for your children. Show up for your spouse. Show up for your home and your church. Y'all pray for me this morning because there's often times that I don't show up in the ways that I need to. It's easy to brush some things off. It's easy to get comfortable. It's easy to find your comfort zone, ain't it? It's easy to see that God's taking care of you where you're at and you get comfortable for a while to the point where, well, God can take care of me at home and God can take care of me, you know, doing what I want to do. It's easy to get comfortable. So y'all pray for me. And let's all pray one for another. This will be the message this morning. Two thirty-one. Two thirty-one.